the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Have we started, by the way? We, yeah, we've been rolling, but oh, we... Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Wait, what? I don't... Where's the... Where's the board? We don't see this is a podcast. Okay, okay, so sitting down with one of the most brilliant, legendary, iconic showrunners in television history, a uh, little show called 24. Change television, fair to say? Change television? I, you don't don't ask uh, Are you allowed to agree with uh, that? I, uh, I, I will say it did, and, and I, I will because I didn't create the show. I, I, did, I did run it in its last four years, but Joel and Bob, Joel Cerno and Bob Cochran, who actually are neighbors of yours, Um, created the show and were and are great friends. And I will say, because I am not celebrating my own creation, uh, it, it did. It changed things. And it really was, I think, one of the first binge TV experiences. Um, and uh, and it's, it, is, it was a great, great time. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Homeland, no big whoop. There we go. And also, I knew, I think I knew you were on X-Files on some level, yeah, but I did. in the first four years. That was like where I really cut my teeth. Can I ask stuff. you crazy questions? Because sure. that's what this podcast sure, is. Sure. It's tangents. It's controlled yeah, yeah. chaos. This is the opposite of the brilliant surgical television that you make. No, this but is I'm, just... I, I think I'm a cubist thinker. I don't have my wife here. I jump from one sentence to the third Love sentence. Love it. So... Where do you stand on aliens? Because I have a theory. I am just, I'm just such a skeptic. Well, I'll, actually, I'm becoming less and less so. But uh, I think uh, they're here, and I think they're octopuses. Very possible. Having seen my octopus teacher, I've stopped eating them. Unless somebody has ordered them and it's it's really already good. dead and you'll be going to wait. I, I, yeah, but I generally don't order it. Right, right. But well, it was I had a niece who's like who well before my octopus teacher was like oh you who's a marine biologist and right. worships Jane Goodall and made me feel sufficiently bad. Mm -hmm. That's about where I've drawn my line. I said once, uh, but once octopi start writing poetry is when I'll really like stop. I'll really stop eating. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm not really a big fan of poetry, so that's okay. that's what I'll good, think. They're less a, intelligent. Have a really good script. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So there you go. I kind of think you're an alien. I think some of the smartest, smartest people. I'm like, I meet someone like you. I travel all over the world. I'm you're not like I'm, anyone I'm else. Not, I'm not that smart. I just I'm smart enough to know how dumb I am, which I think is its that's own. That's what kind all of smart. brilliant people say. I don't think it's. I don't. Well, I don't think it's. I know people who are a lot, lot smarter than me. Maybe. You know, I think I'm good. I'm a good. I hope I'm a good listener. I'm a good synthesizer. And and, but it's an intel. You know, intelligence is a very elusive thing, isn't it? There are people we both have met who are. You know, I'm sure their lobe has got like you know that mm -hmm. their, their their quant lobe is bigger than mine. I, I understand some things. I think I understand human nature. It feels like, and that's kind of what you, you understand need to do it. I think a, without judging it, which I think is a form of emotional intelligence. I do think that, and it vexes people mm -hmm. to like not assign some binary good and evil, right and wrong. 
I mean, life is very complicated, and people are very complicated, and, and, and morality is so conditional. It just is. And and good people. And I think that the, the smartest people are the, the ones that, you know, as I think about Darwinism and how, like, you know, right now, you know, it's like survival of the fittest or how, you know, intelligence is evolving. I think the most intelligent people and the ones that are going to survive that are the fittest are the ones that can uh, hold space that two things can be true at once. And Have like, you ever asked Siri who, who's smarter, uh, Siri or, or Alexa? Have you ever gotten them... What I really like is the civility of AI that they're actually polite. They say, I can't judge other... I'm more like, why was Siri and Alexa, why did they both have to be named women's names? Because the first iteration is always going to have glitches. It's always so people are like, fucking Siri, shut up, Siri. Like, it just has become you know another you know annoying I, you woman. Know I think you're. I think that's a really good point. Alexa, shut up, Alexa. She got it wrong. Oh, stupid woman. <laughs> It's like crazy. And then we name cars after women. Right. So when they break down, we're like, oh, she's broken again. Like, I just want to name new Joe. Name it a guy. Joe. Joe. Ask Joe. Yes. Let's start our own. But think about it. I, if it AI. was, if, if, if Is Alexa was named Joe and it screwed up all the time, you'd be like, Joe, Joe. pull it together, you crazy guy. You're right. We'd be a lot kinder. But if than Alexa, Joe. We'd you're be like, a lot kinder. stupid you're... bitch, shut up. You're Stop right. recording you're right. me. Like, that's the other thing, because it's like this technology we're all very suspicious of on some level and paranoid. It's right. recording me, right. whatever. So now it's just like, Alexa's recording. Shh. It's just like another woman that's being <laughs> secretive and trying to trick you or something. I'm like, this is not helping the stereotypes. I'm with you. You know, it's like they, like with like uh, GPS. Like, I'm always like, can you make this a man so that... Is, is, I, I haven't done it. Is she, does, GPS, does GPS when it's like, you? take a oh, left GPS. here. It's yeah, a woman. Yeah. I'm like, bitch, what do you know? You can't right, fucking right. drive. Like, I just am like... I, I do the English accent because it comes out with a little more authority. <laughs> I, do the, I, 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 I tend to do that. That's really smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just, I'm more obsessed with that sort Why of thing. Why do we think that people with British accents are smart? Like, what is that? What is that? They get like an extra 50 IQ points. My aunt used to work in customer service at Orvis. She has Southern accent. In customer service, you can only get to a certain level promotion wise and they're always at the top top it's going to be someone with an English accent because people assume they're smarter right so yeah, yeah. if they're like I have a problem with my thing and you're like well why don't you just check to see everyone's like you're an idiot let me talk to your manager people don't have a lot of patience no, for southern a, accents I, that's, that's, a, that's a real thing but English I'm like English accent smarter why you guys you guys pay taxes to people that were born into power you're right. not smarter than us right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm not. But then, but then as you get north and north, then you start talking about clam chowder and it, gets, it goes bad again. So there's, <laughs> like, there's, there's the bandwidth that's, of the elite. That is true. Or like in D.C. and Connecticut. But and isn't it like, interesting uh, which it accents? Is. Just, I, it is fascinating. I come from West Virginia, Virginia, and then I came to L.A., and I'm like auditioning for did roles. You have, did you have I a, had a little a, bit of an accent. Yeah, yeah, I heard that a little bit. And then, but yeah, I yeah. want to totally get rid I'm of it. I'm from Long Island. I, I, I don't know. I didn't intentionally drop mine. I think it just kind of. Do you ever find away. that it comes out more when you're around you know, I, people? I don't know why. I, I actually don't know why I don't have. I don't sound like my brothers or my mother. I don't know why. I went in to perform in the Hamptons, and in the South, when you find a tick on you, you pull it out, you bite its head off, you pull it out, right. you burn it, you're fine. Right. In the Hamptons, where the richest, most powerful people in the world are, you find a tick on you, and, and you're, you're, you're in, it's a nine one one. Why are we? What are we doing? Well, I think they're here? actually coming around. I think they're making tacos now out of them, like crickets and ticks, <laughs> and, and, and in, in the Hamptons. <laughs> that is, that is, but like, do you like? It's amazing to me. Around, like, so the smartest people in the world, they go to the Hamptons to surround themselves with deadly bugs. Right. What's that? About? Every couple years, a great art. Avril Lavigne, we lost her for four years to Lyme disease. Right, right. This is crazy to me. Yeah. 
No, no one's talking about it. Everyone's talking about COVID. I'm talking about Lyme, Lyme disease. disease. No, it's a, it, you know, they can't diagnose it. They don't know quite what Yeah, they're doing. it's also tricky because most people that are in the Hamptons that have Lyme disease are also on like Xanax and all sorts yeah, of yeah, other yeah. pills. Yeah, you have to, it's untangle, hard to delineate. Uh, untangle. It's, it's very, hard very hard. Isolate most studies the variables. Have been very hard. Yes. Like, wait, did you take We're the Johnson and Johnson? It's hard to delineate. Let's not blame the ticks for your drug problem. Right. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a damn miracle. I know you guys know this, but I've been um, reunited with uh, my sibling, my sister. I have an older sister. She's 13 months older than me, which means, yes, I'm an accident. Her coming back in my life has been just when I thought, you know, I was nailing it uh, on the mental health front. Um, us coming back together has been so healing in so many ways and so it's bringing up a lot like of stuff that i was completely in denial about like we're also doing two sessions a week together so that when we're talking about this really brutal fraught stuff we have someone there to kind of mediate it's just so helpful to have a therapist there as we're healing our relationship just to help navigate it and I'm doubling down on therapy. Just when I thought I graduated mental health, I'm back. I'm back to being a freshman. Uh, so couldn't recommend it enough. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Whitney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com Whitney. Do you ever catch yourself going like, I really want to make this point? I do it. I, I catch myself all the time. When I'm doing stand-up, I have to, you know, I write the joke, I do the joke, and then I sort of feel myself going like, ugh. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this joke right now, which is very tricky that I'm Can doing on stage. It's, yeah, sure. It's about how, um, you know, as a comedian, I never want to be didactic or lecturing anyone. Comedians, you know, and and actors a couple of years ago remember when actors started lecturing americans on how like how to vote oh and live God. from their Hello? mansions yeah. that was awkward it just was crazy you know that actors were like you guys need to stay inside people were like we work at grocery stores like we can't stay right. inside what do you mean <laughs> and me staying inside i live with my grandparents my aunt like 12 people live in an apartment just being so out of touch and i think that who are we to say like i think that we live in a country where it's like right now we're like i should be able to say whatever i want but you shouldn't that's where what we've gotten I, into. I really believe we have gotten into a bit of a mess. Yeah. And, and 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 for me, this show was a little bit uh, uh, an opportunity to sort of address the, that. I want to say address it. And, and I'm going back to your point of do you ever like find yourself wanting to make a point? And and and, and I kind of would say no. Because I just go my and job I, is I to entertain people. I, and I also don't think, I, I think I think again whether and whether it's 24 or or Homeland or this show, I think. What I find interesting about this life is that there aren't right choices and wrong choices. There's often the least bad of two choices. And and putting characters into a corner like that mm -hmm. is like catnip to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just, because, you know, you get the, you know, I hate to use words like what a, you know, a privilege it is to do it, but it is fun to take this sort of safe, free exercise of what would I do and how would I act. And I think that's what the best thing is what you guys do too. You hold up a mirror, you make us see and think about things a little bit differently mm -hmm. than we did when before I stepped into your show. I hope this show does kind of the same thing. And you do this uh, selfless thing in the work that you do and with, with accused, especially like, you know, it's almost like I like to say, like, you know, as a comedian, 
you know, we're like the referees of culture. We don't take sides, right? right? We go, this kind of has a point, this kind of has a point. Mm, we're kind of like, we're going to show you all the angles and then you make the decision. Well, hello, that's, I mean, that and that, what a gift. We're going to hold it up to you to be able to right. pick the side that you want, right? right. So right. we're going to be the criminal defense and then we're going to, you know, we're going to defend both sides. I always say, you know, comedy is you say something that's not true and then you prove it, you know, just as a thought exercise, right, you know, right, right, like right. let me just play devil's advocate, whatever it is. Right. You know, no one feels like they can do that anymore just for the sake of going, let me be devil's advocate. Let me go like Trump was the best president we've ever had. Let me just make that argument just to make sure we're right about the other well, that's thing. Right. And, that, and by the way, that, that's actually an exercise in rhetoric and empathy and debate is taking the other side. Uh, that It's actually, it, it rewires you when you actually have to uh, take something that you think you, you know or take a side that you reflexively don't take and then mm -hmm. animate it and lean into it and 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 that's right look I'd like to do that with even the, you know the bad guys and all our characters I you have to love all your characters you yep. have to feel like no one wakes up in the morning and goes I'm a bad guy mm -hmm. you know I want I want to yes. destroy the world but see comics um, we're already like that like you know yeah, you I'm, do that intuitively and, kind and of I'm also a person yeah. that has done a lot of things I'm not proud of you know for reasons that I am proud of you know and I go like I actually stand behind that you know like I you know, this was the consequence and, you know, but my intention, my impact weren't congruous and I regret the impact, but like my heart was in the right place. And, and, and mistakes bring us to the next moment and you can't, and no one and you wants to, to watch per moral um, perfection. No one um, wants to watch people that, you know, you know, are, it's, not, it's, not, it's just, it's just not entertaining. It's not funny and it's not interesting. And, can I and, throw yeah. a theory at you, which is uh, going to uh, tie in why I'm bringing up aliens. I think, you know, I'm obsessed with terror management theory, you know, Ernest Becker of like how we're the only human, we're the only species that knows we're going to die. So we have this existential dread in order to like, uh, is it anhedonia? Anhedonia. I mean, that's that, anhedonia uh, being, um, uh, and I think this is true, right? That Annie, Thanatos, or no. that Annie Hall was initially called the anhedonia, anhedonia yeah, yeah, yeah. and anhedonia being the condition of I, 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 sure I have this, but you can't enjoy the present because you're too busy grieving it being over. It, it sounds cliche, but being in the moment is just a, it's a hard thing to do. Um, what do you do when to, you feel it? Well, you're somewhere and you're already mourning. It's it's being over. I just, you know, to you, me, to say, you know, I think that we're both uh, documenters. Like we're both the kind of people that are like, we got to get, you know, when I'm like, let me record this. Let me take yes, pictures. Like, yes, let me yes. take video. That does help me. It because help, yeah. you, you, you have it. You've captured some. And uh, then I'll appreciate it a ton later. I used to be a collector of like Matt. When I was a kid, I was so nostalgic, already anticipating his end. Like I had a, a, a candy tin filled with every, every movie I watched. That I, that moved me like a, you know the eleven o'clock or midnight movie. I would cut out the TV guide and put it in a, in a box, just wanting to reclaim it and keep it. And, I'm a, and ticket I'm a, stubs. And, I'm a nostalgic, yeah, I can see you're like you are you are you are. I got you the moment I walked into your house. I did. I said nothing gets thrown away. Everything you know, and I also like to share with other people. I think we're the kind of people who, if we you know have a thought or we have a notion, we have this urge to like share it with other people. Right. You know, I don't. I I was the youngest. I was you know how many a you mistake. About? I will. I'm. 13 months younger than my sister, so I'm obviously an accident. Right, right. I was the youngest in my family. I had to fit into an already established system of an alcoholic home, so it was a lot of like, like, look at this, look at this, look at me, and it was very hard to get people's attention, and then I sort of- You did. End up, at, look, I, <laughs> I remember my dad would watch uh, television, he would watch Three's Company, and I couldn't get his attention, and my mom, I couldn't get her attention either, and I remember looking at the TV screen and going, I need to get on, that's how wow. I, I need to get on that box. I remember. I had, by the way, I had a similar. I mean, the TV was always on in my own uniquely dysfunctional family, and I was like, I don't know what it was about that box. It wasn't even like it wasn't movies. I liked movies, but I loved TV. I mm -hmm. loved this thing, and I I couldn't even imagine how one did it, and but 
You know, you know I crazier? loved it, the relationship of this I loved thing. commercials. Like, oh, I, come that on, was, of course. Because that's the, the home I wanted I to be in. I mean, commercials was I, also commercials was used lot, to be like. I was like, a lot closer to the Brady Bunch than I was to my own family. Like, I mean, they really, you live with those and, and you, you know. And if you grow up poor without money, you look at, remember when commercials were like a minute and a half long? <laughs> yeah. They used to be long, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I used to be like, I want to live in that house. I want to be there. So actually my first dream as an actress was to be in commercials, looking at the TV and being like, that's the life I want to be in, you yeah, know, at yeah. a very young age and, and needing to escape and then needing to entertain myself, you know. So I spent so much time in my imagination as a kid. Right. And it's how I coped. And I, you know, repressed a lot, disassociated a lot. I, I you know, you're the first person that I um, felt safe enough to, for lack of a better word, like undisassociate with, like mm. to a lot of the stuff that I disassociate as a child, sexual abuse, um, et cetera, that I use to anesthetize with fantasy. I would like make up stories. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. I used to, this is so embarrassing, but we all have some form of this. I wasn't a dancing in the mirror kind of girl, like making beauty. I would have sit down interviews with myself and like pretend I was being interviewed by Oprah. Like I would write out interviews as if I was well, being. I, to I totally get you because I dreamt and would imagine talking to Johnny Carson. I would, I mean, it was, it was, it was, and, and it was clearly, I mean, again, in my own situation, it was like, it was, it was, it was, um, it was kind of just, it was a way of legitimizing your existence. This, like, I'm, uh, you know, whether whatever whatever shame, invisibility, uh, need for attention, all conflated into like, I'm going to be the youngest novelist on the Tonight Show, yes, and I and yes, I wrote a novel in eighth yes. grade because I was going to be talking to Johnny, and it was crazy. That's so what like that. I'm obsessed with just our um, that warrior spirit of the inner triumph of because I think that that the 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 sort of subconscious. Um, motive there is like me going like I know I'm interesting like my parents might not get it but like well, I know but there's also rage, I have I think. something there's, special there's some, there, I think I, I yes I mean obviously all of us who do this have the kind of temerity to think we actually have something to say that's worth saying which everyone does it's just a which matter of the, all you need is that delusional confidence but it, but it requires a delusional confidence to do this mm -hmm. Because there'll be a thousand people who tell you why it's not going to happen. Which is fascinating. And in the episode uh, that Billy Porter directed about drag queens, yeah. you know, I had Trixie Mattel on and was explaining, like, what is our obsession with drag queens? Why are they so entertaining? Why are they so fun to watch? And then why are they so oh. loathed by the people that loathe them? And she's her theory on it, and which is, you know, I believe is uh, the case, which is um, people are signing up to see someone with delusional confidence. It is so entertaining oh, to watch gosh. someone with delusional confidence. Right. I need someone who's right. going to be in charge who doesn't give a shit. Right. Talking to you uh, about this, I think that for me you know this show and I'm sorry to put so much on you and I really tried to like you know not fill you in on all this while we were working because I didn't want it to feel like unnecessarily heavy and acting is still acting it's a craft it's a skill it's a, you know we go to work and then you know when we're wrapped we should you know be done with work um because I think that you know, I'm, I don't want to glamorize like emotional cutting or using acting as a way to, you know, right. hurt yourself. Right. But for me, I, I, you know, my whole life, I have disassociated the sexual abuse that happened to me, happily so. 
Right. It worked. Right. Denial, you know, the the um, uh, listening to Jill Hennessy talk about the first episode of Accused, which I I know this is a show. I was on the set. <laughs> I saw the casting. I was watching it right here even on my laptop before Chicklets came in. It wasn't even in a cinematic right. way. I was... I was jumping. I was literally, I had to like go for, I was pacing. I was like, oh my God. Like I was on the it's edge tense. of my seat. No, it's, it's a, uh, I had a friend and he doesn't watch TV, but he said I, I couldn't stop watching it. And with, you know, anxiety. I'm I was so frustrated, stressed, like anxious. And, you know, it, it, it's so rare that entertainers can be entertained. It's so rare that yeah, we yeah, can. Because you see the magic trick and you, you, you're you aware of the sort of busman's holiday at all, but this was, um, it's great. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And That's it great. is such. But I felt the same way about your episode. I really felt like, you know, it was, and again, I got to see, what's interesting about it is my place in the, in the you know, we, I was not on the set with you, with you all, and I was, um, and so I inherited this film and this idea that I, that again, was, I had to, shape a lot of it. No, I called you, you Oz. You were like the Wizard of Oz. Like he, because we, we were shooting in Toronto just to get granular. Uh, uh, you know, it's a, a my episode, um, which many of you have seen is, uh, you know, it's, it's a sexual assault episode. It's a right. very gnarly rape scene. COVID is happening. We're all in masks. It's a very intense drama. We're in Toronto. And then you were back in LA right. sort of on an iPad kind of giving direction right. sort of from... Well, just just, just 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 when I see you, but, uh, but was, so it was hard was for us. To, we you, didn't yes. get to really connect no, during shooting. No, we did before though quite a bit, and you had and you and again, your what was wonderful and was such a gift is that the time we had to develop the script, your input was so. I mean, with Sonay who, who you know who wrote it and Julie who directed it, I just felt like it was I and all three of you came at it so clearly. I got to be kind of midwife this thing in a way. Um, so it was somewhere between a midwife and Oz, I suppose. <laughs> well, may um, I ask you, because um, I'm just going to start by saying, you know, there's an obsession with female comedians right now. There's always kind of been one. Um, you know, uh, we always joke we're the most hated species of human on the planet because, you know, it's like, you know, we have the audacity to go on stage and the courage to go on stage and say, I'm a piece of shit. You know, it's like I'm a piece of shit in the center of the universe. And we charge people money to hear us talk for two hours with no chance of having sex with us at the end. But, you know, fans only, you know, you know, I entered into this with a very clear idea of knowing, like, I'm going to be hated by a lot of people for reasons that have nothing to do with me, right. and I'm going to be loved by a lot of people for... Me for doing this part? No, just being a female comedian in oh, general. Oh, oh, it's oh, a lot of, right, like... Because right, right. I have imposter syndrome, too. If you guys are like, how dare you think you... Do? I, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't... Like, how dare I? We're, you know, we right. I vacillate from, you know, uh, having... Just because you have confidence, it doesn't mean you have self-esteem. Right. Those are two different things. So right. I've really... Right, right. You know, a lot of people think I have very high self-esteem, you have when you have very high confidence, so then I think people go like, "Oh, and, you're a female and they're not comic." Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Well, because yeah. people go, "You're a female comic. You're strong. You have high self-esteem." When in fact, you actually had, just had confidence. So it's a lot of incredibly damaged people doing this thing to get attention because they were broken, and then people just breaking them, right. re-breaking right, them, right. breaking the shards. You know, so it's sort of. Um, and it's a kind of masochism too. It's like yeah. a control, it's like an exercise. But it's also in, um, if you come from severe abuse, it's it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah, you can't touch it's me because I hate park. myself so much it's more so than you. I mean, when the comments like when my sitcom came out and everyone was like, you know, you're a whore, you're not funny, or this, you're and I'm like, D I agree with all of right, this. Right, like, right, that's right. the come thing on, what, about is that, that, that the best you got? Totally. No, no. I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I always tell I tell executives I hate when I hand something in. I hate it more than you'll ever. Hate yeah, it. just so you know, whatever your notes are. Bring it on. Bring it on. 
you know, there's a fascination with female comedians right now, but I think that the business is kind of scared of us, hates us, unclear. I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's brilliant. I love Hacks, it's brilliant. But there's no female comedians involved in it. Like right, they they right, don't right. let us in the writers. I don't. I'm, I'm not saying me. There's just tons of great ones that could be in right. the writers' room or be in it as actors. And so when you came to me with this a, a role that was playing a female comedian, I was already so blindsided that you decided to come to an actual female comedian. Can I just ask the process? And yeah. I, I you can't insult me or hurt me no, if no, you there, offered there, it. If no, Catherine no, no. Han passed, no, no, no. nothing will hurt Zero, my feelings. No, Zero, no, you were literally the first, last, and only. And so it was, it was when you were talking right now, it reminded me of even Claire in Homeland. Like, literally, we called Claire, Claire. Uh, I, when we wrote it, just because because I wrote it with Alex and I wrote it together, we just wanted to have somebody in mind. She had just done um, this Temple Grand in HBO. Yep, yep. And, like, you were like... At your Claire again was I'm, the description was someone who was fiercely smart, a little bit broken, and you know of a woman of a certain age, you know, beautiful, sexual, but you know, but in a, in a way that it meant. So we had this constellation of 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 of, of characters. You were like it. So when you responded, it was like, wow, that was you know. Now we thought about it very clearly, and the moment your name came up, it was like you are you know, it was perfect. And the fact that you responded the way you did. Was but you had no reason to know that no. I could do drama. Here's a clip. I'm a comedian. We said crazy things. I've been assaulted. I need to know what to do. Be smart, honey. You will ruin both of our lives. And move on. Stop him before he hurts other women. This is the great thing about being my age and having done Homeland and all those other ones is at this point, I can just take chances. And those chances have been amazingly, pro uh, you know, profitable in creatively profitable. Yeah. Like Billy Porter and Marley. I mean, it's so great to just go. Let's just go for it. Because at this point, in this, you have nothing to prove. Of, you have and nothing to prove, and just your instinct. And my instinct was, this is going to be fantastic. And also, I don't think, like you say, on Ma uh, again, not agreeing with you or disagreeing on Maisel or on Hacks. It had. There is something you know when someone's acting like a comedian and when someone is a comedian. It's like playing an uh, athlete it, in it, a show. It is. It's like you, when you it, see an actor playing basketball. It just you're doesn't not going to move like Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're not. I mean, Will Smith did an okay Ali, uh, but yeah. And it's not, like I mean, every now and then you'll get a uh, situation with Jamie Foxx playing Ray, where he actually which, which is, is pretty, a musician, kind of, and you're like, that, you know, that was great. Yeah, that's that was um, that's amazing. But yeah, by and large, it's hard. And this was. It was really. I knew that we needed to see. And hear this person do her thing because also she's a woman of a certain age too, who is like it was important that she actually did find her voice, that she had this dream that you and I both identified, but that she hadn't made it. And we all know about being with people who are in our creative field who had some success, who've had no success, mm -hmm. and also how do we, what do we do in those moments? And that and so desperation, this, the but desperation you also, like, but, but the empathy of this character <sighs> and and feeling for her, and then sort of animating. Well, yeah, she has slept with everybody. She has, she does drink too much, but she's also really good. And what was brilliant about your country, your country was profound, was I need to make her comedy, not me, for, first of all, not me, Whitney. So it was just a great process from the beginning, you know, to the end. I mean, uh, I'm uh, glad you enjoyed it because I was terrified because I'm kidding, you know, because. Because when, when I knew it was great, when you actually, first of all, thank, you know, again, you put in so much extra credit. Like if this were a test, you'd have gotten, <laughs> you know, 105 because you did that comedy, you know, you, you, you uh, filmed a set. With Brenda right. Kramer, right? And I remember I was at an airport. I was traveling, and I put in my earpods, and I and I just stopped, and I started smiling, and then I started laughing, and I was like, I, "This character just came alive because you did the work." I can't even imagine how much 
I mean, I, 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 someone who doesn't do that, I just, it, I just felt the effort, and I felt the care, and I felt the detail of her comedy. And you made this character before we started shooting. I mean, so that was amazing. And I, and I, I mean, and you let us use it a little bit in the promos, but man, it's, anyway, it was great. It's, it was well, for great. me, I'm just so like grateful. Number one, it's, you know, I get offered drama, you know, kind of quite a bit, but it's, the, you know, when I look at the great comedians that I admire, you know, uh, that did drama, dramatic turns, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey, and you're like, well, it, it always blows everyone's mind that comedians are great at drama when you're like, what? Well, that's what you, do. I mean, hello. It's like what um, uh, Mickey Rourke said in an interview once that um, I think I said to you, uh, maybe in our first uh, Zoom meeting, where everyone was so blown away that Mickey Rourke was uh, in The Wrestler, his performance of where he was able to right. be so raw and emotional. Right. And uh, one of the reporters was like, uh, how were you able to cry so easily uh, in this movie? And he just went, well, I'm always about to cry. You know, so it's not about starting crying, it's about stopping, stopping. crying. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that on this production, I knew that was maybe going to be more of it because I was like, I'm going to sort of open this arsenal of pain that I've repressed and then this is the project that deserves it. Like, yeah. this is the project I'm going to give it to. Yeah, well, you did. You really brought Everyone it. Everyone else and, and, and you feel it. You feel the energy of it in the performances and in the whole... Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I think that, that, that I come from like this traditional sort of acting craft where it's like very technical and you've got your images and you've got your this. And I think for this character, like I just, she needed to be so feral yeah. and so sloppy and messy that I tried to kind of even undo all my acting training to just. In well, do you remember, I mean, just these, these details again, I think they're small, but I think they're everything because I think, um, you know, remember your. The, the the wardrobe the costume uh, uh, was like your fishnet stockings and your and your two short bright orange thing we had to fight together and this is again one of the good things about being at by the way I didn't know a ton about that fight but this is also oh. can I say another thing about this this is just like inside gossip for us which is you know taking on a role where a character gets like brutally raped you know all the people on the set that the 200 other people that make the show happen, you know, have their own experiences with this. Right. And this is oh, the first time I've ever walked into a set where everyone from wardrobe to makeup to has a sort of, I could tell they have experience in some way right. or have family who have experience and everyone cared so yeah. much about yeah. this character and what was being said. And I've never seen you know, wardrobe, makeup, hair, be so like, well, no, she she needs to come off sexy so that the audience thinks she was asking for it. And it's, you know, it was amazing to watch. And I felt almost like, you know, this surrender of everyone else working through me. Like I normally would have a pretty strong point of view about wardrobe or whatever, because usually they just ask you right. to, but everyone had such... Specific ideas. I came in with a, a very, um, uh, as you said, like, you know, premeditated of who the character was it was clear everyone had been thinking about this for a long time wow. and wanted so yeah. badly. Well, this is this team, I mean, you know, we, from, you know, uh, Jeremy, uh, the, the, the creative team down there really, really, when I interviewed every one of them, they really got what the show was about and mm -hmm. what it was trying to do. So the fact that every department, Kendra in, in, in wardrobe and, and Elisa in, in production design, everyone thought so carefully in, in a 360 kind of holistic way about what this story was about and what we were doing. And but look, usually people just go um, like, ah, I'm not going to be able to get my idea in any way, so I'm just going to yeah. throw in. Everyone was, this. they were like, this is the uh, hill I'm going to die on yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was kind of like... Uh, walking in going like because it was like well these two bracelets and you know choker so this was again a, a, a woman that got you know sexually assaulted 
And it's so rare that any of us in this business get to make something about a woman who's unlikable because usually the notes is she's not likable. Oh my god! We need her to be oh more like, or even, or even like, like, oh, I don't, I, I network executive don't like that orange shirt uh, thing. I go, well, you're not wearing it. But like, uh, it's like uh, this is like uh, Brenda. But then to me, I want so badly to not have any kind of fissure with you or the network. But it, the fact that no, you we, guys, were, we were on the same page the whole. But adult. I was like I mean, this. Was my like, thing is the fact that you don't like it is the exact reason. Uh, she hello, wear it. I know. I mean, she, but she, why is it so hard for people to recognize that we, we are not? These characters, you talk about the people holding yep. competing um, competing thoughts in the brain at the same time. It's very hard That's for people. That's what you want the audience to feel. Oh, Ugh, what's that shirt? Why oh, is she wearing right, that? Right. So that then when she's sexually assaulted, you're sort of in that dissonance of like, her. well, and then holding up the mirror to, oh, I think she deserved that sexual assault because she was wearing fishnets. What's going on with me? That Whose voice is that? Where did I get conditioned to... Right. Think that way, and you know. We, and when you really pull back even further, I mean, it is it is about rape. It is about all those things. But then it's also about the power we now have as individuals with this thing to tweet phone, something yep. and for the for the sort of accelerant yep. of our rage, of our grievances, yep. and the and and what what happens when someone is going to be on the other end of it? Because it really is, I think, a, a surprising where this episode goes. It's and it's not just about that. It's about what do we do. Because there's also this character of like playing someone that I've worked so hard to not be, you know, like this someone that is reckless, someone that is sort of, you know, blows up their own life, someone that just, you know, doesn't measure twice, cut once before they speak, someone who's just like, you know, emotionally very sloppy, you know, desperate and gives off an air of desperation. You know, it's like you come to this business. I had no connections in this business. I came in just like, I'm going to be an actress, you know, and I would walk into rooms and my first job was a show called Punked on MTV, which was a prank show. Remember that Ashton Kutcher did and then started doing stand up. And then, um, did you do stand up in, uh, um, in, co- uh, and no, I did. I was at Penn, I, uh, communications film at Annenberg and then, uh, yeah. film major, which I want to get to the film that changed my life the most. And a big part of why I wanted to, um, do this part or had the bravery to do it because something that a lot of people don't know about me is like, I get scared too. I know it's like I go in front of thousands of people and everyone's biggest fear is public speaking. But so to me, one of the scariest things is number one, sitting across from, you know, someone like you making eye contact with no audience. Right. You're doing fine. And thank you. And being on a set with a bunch of people where I have to be very private in public. So one of my biggest fears about this was going in and going, I'm usually the gregarious person on set. People think of me as a comedian. If I go in and really need to sort of claim my space and time between takes because it's so emotionally draining to do a drama like this and you're working for so long, it's my instinct to like want to hang out with the crew and build a fist of another big part of why I wanted to do television is, you know, you come from a dysfunction. You get to yeah, have yeah. a family. Yeah, yeah. It's like camp. It is. You get to meet all these incredible artists that do these incredible things and you walk into the set and you're like, I just want to like know how they did the prosthetics and how they put uh, the wig we're on. Hogwarts. It's like, glow, it's like, a, it's a, we're, the, we're the freaks. It's uh, the coolest yeah. thing ever. <laughs> Circus, yeah. But then going, okay, I'm going to be for three weeks, you know, that. playing this part. I need to make a positive contribution to my future self and make sure that I'm not, you know, getting so um, tight with the crew that one day when I need to come in and do the rape scene, I don't feel like I'm being rude because I've established that I'm really social and uh, gregarious. I, that was my own codependence I had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to deal with, okay, they might think I'm a bitch, they might think I'm aloof, but I just really like have to put the work first. And right. I would just kind of like hide in the corner with my headphones. And that was like a hard thing for me you know, to do because I always want to make sure everyone else is comfortable and right, you know, right, right. whatever. So that was you know, uh, very challenging for me because I was so afraid that like, for lack of a better, like Whitney was going to take over, like my mannerisms were going to start taking over because for me, when I do stand up or when I'm, you know, I very quickly can go into my thing 
And oh, my so biggest wow. nightmare was wow. it, just the muscle memory yeah, of yeah, having yeah, a microphone yeah. in front of me. Wow. And I, the choice of having her keep the microphone on the stand. I never keep the microphone on the stand when I perform. I haven't performed with the microphone. So that was a very specific choice I needed to make because if I grab a microphone in a way that's like, you know, too skilled, it wouldn't feel like her. So I, it's it's weird no, no, it's, to it's fantastic. It's, to hear it's that. like I love like, that. It's like a, it's like um it's like you can't it's hard to pretend you're not as good at something as you are right. unless you're like right. really like actively Muhammad Ali missing a punch, right? right. That's exactly right. it. Right. So so totally. So it was actually like really hard for me to be worse at stand up than I am, and it was so frustrating to be like I know that's how good you are because I think Brenda's great. You know, I, I, really? Well, because I do think that there was I think that was that fine line because I do think she there and again I don't know if it was intentional but I thought her. Her bit, her 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 bit was really fu- it's funny. it's really funny, but it was but funny her, light. But she's a little less. bit. She's sli- it could have been tighter. It could have been punchier for me because I was like, okay, playing someone that's inebriated, and and I because there's something so magical about this because I was able to t- sublimate all the the you know when art is at its best. Uh, I think you're able to sublimate all of the negative things that happen to you and alchemize it into something great that other people can heal from or be entertained from. Right. And to be able to go like, oh, all of that growing up around alcoholism wasn't for nothing because I was able to observe alcoholics so much. And right. one of my uh, uh, ins with Brenda being an alcohol or being right. drunk is you always, te- you know how if you're dr- people that drink, they always think they're a, a little quieter mm. than they are. They always think their joke went over a little better than it did. <laughs> so it was more in the silences of she, she uh, let room for laughter a little longer than it needed to be. She yeah. thought she was killing harder than she yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it wasn't so much that the jokes weren't uh, good. It's just that she was like, I, I totally, I, I, she not, heard an applause break when it was really just a smattering of laughter. Right, 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 right. It was more like that moment afterwards of like nailed it. Right, you know, but there were some great details too, like you know when Zeke takes the picture of you guys. You know, are you going to post that? Uh, I mean, those details are so like fantastic, and 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 even just looking at him when looking at him, watching him watch you, was like like you know that was just so great. Those I've moments. worked so hard to not give off a desperate energy because you're not going to when you start in this business and want to be an actor, you're desperate. Right. I was desperate. I had seven dollars for seven right. years. I would go into rooms like I. Yeah, but but by the way, add to it though, and I think this is like makes all the difference in the world. That was when you were twenty something. Yeah. Now Brenda's thirty something, and I and, see that and, more and, and than I ever. Like, I see recently divorced moms that are trying to become oh influencers God. at forty two that are like, this is still I my shot. I, I see you know friends of mine, right. grown men that are obsessed with Joe Rogan that are that are that are doing the burpees and the steam and the sauna. I'm like, right. do you think you're getting drafted? <laughs> do you think it's still going to happen for you? You know, I think oh, we I know. Can, I, I believe me. I, 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 yeah. I think we could all like relate to like, like that cringy energy. And I think that I just want to hold like, like lean into that. Cause I've had it. And I think that it was like there, everything I don't want to be is well, what you, Brenda but, was. I get it. But also too, did you feel like Brenda had, she had Zeke t- t- taken her on tour and I kind of felt like she found a voice too. Like, I mean, this is this is what I, I sense because there is kind of you know you, this was th- 25, 20 years of craft that you that you found your voice. I think what she says, I, I took me a minute, but I got there. But I think that the thing that I th- is really important with hers is even if you've taken 20 years, so I've taken 20 years, but I've done it without drinking. Yeah, if right. you're drinking, you're, you're, you're slowing you're, yourself down. Right, I see it all the right, time. Right. Some of the most talented people, they're drinking, they're doing drugs, they're smoking weed, they're playing video games, right. and they're not and they actually improving the, right. Right. because, they can do it. Right. you know, right. this is sort of like a fake statistic, but it helps me when you have addiction in your family and your life. If you are the age you are minus the amount of time you've been using drugs. Like emotionally, you wow. can't develop your frontal lobe if you're using drugs consistently. So it's like for me, I, I wanted to 
to make her really emotionally immature. Yeah. And kind of like just yeah. annoying. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was just like being having worked so hard to try to not come off annoying in my in my real life and desperate. It was just like it was so scary and uncomfortable. Were there ever times when you were like, Ugh, how do we give this note without I feel like a little bit what I'm well, working. I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting. This is the magic of editing, too. I think that you this your performance in this episode more than anything required a kind of because you're prone to digression you as an actor and you tried things that I felt were inconsistent in the performance so it was a yeah. lot, there were there were things that I felt I had to carve out and, and which is and why reassemble. I trusted you because I went he's gonna know how to uh, sew this together I felt like in yeah, post. yeah but, but I saw again every day I saw that you wow you, you also did things that I didn't imagine and so that was the great part I said I can use that I think I can get rid of that. And uh, and um, I was trying to make her kind of just like erratic and almost emotionally dyslexic because that's how comics are. We, you know, we laugh at funerals and we cry at parties, you know. Right. So I was trying to also make her a little bit emotionally dyslexic, like when things should have been, you know, uh, where you would think she would get emotional, mm -hmm. she wouldn't. And, you know, and, and also making her very feral. It was right. like I was trying to be very, uh, uh, you know, in the moment after you've been assaulted and you're alone, yeah. what those moments are like. You know, like going in and out of just completely like disassociating and going like that didn't happen. And then to also the falling apart. And we were on set, you know, experimenting with like the guttural sounds you make. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you're just releasing right. anger, right. you know, so right. it's but it's the kind of thing where it has to universally resonate. So it's like when you look at something like that, even though if you know what the actor's doing, if it's something that's not going to land, like how do you make that decision? Right. Like, do, is right. it, do you have like certain people that you trust? It's just like, how does one or how does, how, how do, do you, I? like, how do you decide with something that's such a subjective emotional moment? Like we did a shower scene that was like afterwards. That was like, I think very emotional yeah, and, and that we me, decided to, not to, to, to use again. Yeah. And, and it was like, and, and I put it in, I took it out, I put it in, I took it out. And then it really was, it's, it is a kind of thing. You just have to feel your way through. It felt like a cliche in a strange way. And I guess it was as simple as that. Like I've seen it before. It's and no matter what you do, it wasn't about how we shot it. Uh, it seemed like we needed it at mm -hmm. the moment, and um, and then it didn't. I think everything that was said was said in that private moment, yep. the drive home. And then, to me, there was that shot through the door where you collapse. And my wife actually saw it and said, I can't believe mm. she's replacing her. Uh, she, she when, when she watched an early cut and said, I can't believe she's not just taking her clothes off and taking a shower. I knew the shower scene was out. Interesting. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no. I, I, I want to. This is how I, I like that very idiosyncratic Brenda way of doing it. I That's fascinating. Like. And it's all rhythm. I mean, look, how do you know when? A, what's rhythm? It's like it's all you can't describe it. You just and then the hardest part is like as I'm asking you this, I'm asking you to articulate things that are so hard to articulate. You know, it's like writing is rhythm. though. writing is also writing is or, or I would say, you know, it's like what does someone know? Why are they doing it? It's just like just what, why are people behaving the way they're behaving? And why are they saying what they're saying? Like, why is this person saying that? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to ask that question. You have to know it. Right. Um, and then there's some things that are just like, I don't owe you the explanation or there's no way to explain. I just, I, say I, why, I either I mean, believe what, it or I don't. Right. I just don't, I, think, I, I don't believe I, it. Right, right. It's not, I don't it's, buy it. I don't it doesn't buy it. matter I, why. I don't, right. It's, it's authentic. It's like, why? Um, and, uh, and it can be surprising, but it has to be authentic. I think that's, I think the secret is how do you do something that's not just chatbot, GBT, uh, um, consistent, uh -huh. emotionally consistent, organic. But I, I always, like I say, it should be kind of inevitable, but surprising at the mm -hmm. same time. Right. And then I think one of the, the biggest things is I see uh, people struggle with is when you've worked so hard on something, you've written it for oh. a year, you produce it for a year, you shoot it, and then to go like, well, this shouldn't be in, but we work so, let's, you want to leave it in just because you've worked so hard I, on I, it? I think, I, think it's, I, think, I, I actually have identified at least my definition of what, one of the definitions of genius are the people who actually compress the time between trying something and recognizing it doesn't work. Mm. 
and making it not. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, getting rid of it. Like you develop How quickly it you can like, let it detach. And you go like, I thought I needed this, but I just didn't. The audience is never going to miss something that no, they didn't they, know was there was in the first yeah, place. Yeah, but it's, so many writers hold on to this and go like, but I worked so hard on that. I wrote that. I know. Well, but you know, I always think I tell my kids as I said, no matter how far down the wrong path you are, mm-hmm. turn around. It's, and then I think that being a comedian, it's like we're so not precious with jokes because like I work in. The, if it doesn't hit, it's gone. I don't Hello, care how yeah, long yeah. I worked you on. You really it. have to have amnesia. And 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 I was just talking to a writer uh, on the way over here who with whom I'm, I'm working, uh, Daniel Pearl, very closely on this particular show. And I go, I really just love the fact that you're, you know, you're, your ego, our egos are involved, but then they're also utterly uninvolved. Right, and right. we just have to just like kind of uh, let it go, feel the pain and just get rid of it. At the risk of stressing you out, can I ask you about the rape scene? So it's fascinating because I've done a lot of sex scenes before and there's always like a little bit of a like, you're kind of flirt. There's, you know, the the intimacy coordinators. I have to be honest. Over the last couple of years, this is a new job where someone comes in and they make sure a sex scene is, you know, truly acting. And they're, you know, it's it's we joke because we go like, where did these people come from? What was your job before? It's a whole new industry. Because when it's a been... new industry, you're like, did they just pull you from the marketing department? You know, I did a, a pilot with Lee Daniels and the intimacy coordinator. Love you, but you know, she had gum and hands. She was like gum. I was like, this is a fluffer. This is not. This is make like you know. And then you're sort of trying to like make jokes with the person you know a lot of times if the person now they've unionized now they're now they're mandatory but I'll always say like to the person that I'm having the sex scene with if you want to invite your girlfriend or you know like there's things you try to do to make it not just turn into like a freebie hookup because you're like but we're acting and we right, you know right, right. and then there's always the joke <laughs> of like the guys like you know do I mean if I get a boner it's not good but if I don't that's even more insult you know like there's and then I'm me, so I'm making jokes, you know? Right, right, right. Um, like, you know, if he's getting boner, don't worry. I'll just do my stand-up and get rid of it or whatever. Trying to diffuse tension and awkwardness. Right, right. And this was the first um, sex scene I've ever done where it felt like a stunt. It felt like a stunt. I was pulled aside by uh, uh, the intimacy coordinator because I was making jokes to diffuse any awkwardness, you know? She said, like, be careful. Uh, no, uh, I was uh, basically uh, like, oh, because Sean, who is plays the rapist, right. by the way, fantastic, no, no, my man, yeah, to take the risk to play a rapist in a show because you cannot be, you know, people say like, you can't make I rape him, jokes. I, I have to really reach out to him. Uh, he's a uh, brave uh, Because he really, he was terrific. Gangster. And, and, uh, yeah. and you know that his, his wife, now wife is a gynecologist. Like he's a, like fights for women's rights, like on his own time. Right. I was like, wait, you're actually a good person. Like, you know, and so, cause these days gone are the days where you can be a creep and play a creep. Right. You know, like when people in comedy, you know, like you can't make rape jokes right. anymore. And it's like, no, if you're a rapist, you can't make rape right. jokes. Right. You know, so now there's an right. onus now on casting where you also have to hire someone that is who wants to do it no I can't does the, the right thing when no one's who, watching I'm, too because then your show is ruined if later the rapist there, or if someone plays a rapist and someone goes like this person date raped me in college and they'll come forward because they, they don't like right, right? right they don't like hiding in plain sight etc etc so what he did was just like so brave the fact that he took this role and me I'm not not terrifying to men you know just the idea that he was like willing to do this and we got to talk about you know because I'm come off strong, I come off tough, I come off hard to rape, let's be honest. And he was willing to work with me on, like, maybe there's just one thing that he, this guy does that's like a creepy kink that makes it clear that this is a lockstep thing he does a lot. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. 
there's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. You know, like yeah. we were able to have this yeah. really tricky conversation. Was it private? Or with was the, it with well, the intimacy uh, oh, coordinator sat with us and oh. Julie, the director, yeah, yeah. and then Sane, the writer, because I felt on some level, you know, this is network television. There's only so much they're going to be able to show. Like, I want to show something that he does. Like, my first pitch was like a fish hook, like who does, which is like a... Yeah, you know, yeah, something I, gross I, yeah, in the mouth. And then it is so bizarre that it makes her kind of freeze and disassociate because it's so perverse. Yeah. Instead of just brute force. Like something that is his thing, grabs her earlobe. Something that where a predator would want to stun his prey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's worked before that would put her in a dissociative state to make her stop fighting because we just wanted to be so believable because she's this like grew up in foster care. She's probably been attacked many times. Why wouldn't she fight harder, be screaming. We wanted to right, find something right, that would right. disarm right, right. a really feral, you know, person and, and walking through that. And so I'm making jokes and I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, he, you know, he chokes her, but I worry she, like, or um, in the corner is like, can you just, um, the jokes, like, it's just, we, you know, like just, they're a little far, you know, just while we're in. I was like, oh no, no, I'm okay. I just want you to know I'm, I'm okay. I'm the one getting. I was like, I'm not, and he's, she was like, no, this is more to protect Sean. Um, <laughs> just like the idea of like, the men need to be protected too. Oh, there you go. Like that's I, I'm, kind I'm, of I'm, what she was there for more. I have to send her flowers. You know, exactly. Yeah, Cause was, uh, I forgot like men are terrified right now. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't, it didn't even occur to me. Oh yeah. Men need to be protected from us on sets too. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It was awesome. No, that's awesome. That, that sounds great. And all the things you're talking about were like, so are there, uh, um, but anyway. But we worked for three days on that, and we had two stunt coordinators that were incredible, whereas normally you would and just uh, be, like, working yeah. it out. And, like, normally, this is my favorite thing about sex scenes. Before we had stunt coordinators helping us, it would just be, like... You go here, you go It would hair, just be like, how you had sex. Like, you would both just do what you normally do. You're not like, well, this is how this character has sex. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? You would just do what you do. So it was so nice to have people come in, these two incredible stunt coordinators that were helping us, like, I mean, to the... To the, to the, we to the rehearsed it so many times. It could not have been felt less sexual when we were rehearsing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because also, there shouldn't have been sexual chemistry or energy. Sometimes, like, you kind of want to do, I mean, this is gross to say as an actor, you know, a lot of but times. You, you want there to be. You want there to be a little chemistry. So yeah, it's like, yeah. I've been on shows before comedies. I'm not saying this is right, where you're kind of like, you're flirting, there's some sexual tension, and then you want it to be in the show, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it captures this great thing. It's called chemistry, right? Yeah, yeah. But you don't want any sexual chemistry in a rape scene, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, good thing Sean and I felt super platonic right away. Right. But it was, we spent a bunch of time together, like hanging out, kind of like becoming platonic bros yeah, yeah, in yeah. a way so that there was never like the any even by accident that. right right right. totally totally cool. very cool you know so it was like it was but were you scared like i mean just at a time where i mean i'm going on to sets and you know totally well you know i, I scared but there's also the part of me that i think i'm a little masochistic i do like walking into propellers i do me like too. offending i i don't think i do it intentionally but i kind of think i do so i am 100 but you're you one of the. You're. You sound the alarm. You're one of the. the people I, I that kind of feel the like I do, and and, and I've made some. Ter I think I made some, you know mistakes creatively, but I also feel like when you're not doing that, when you're not provoking people, 
and, and, and triggering them whatever words you want to use, yeah. then you're not doing your job. Then, yeah. then, then you're just like wasting people's time. And you're and bored. I like and I think if you're bored, bored, it shows yeah, through. Yeah, Being provocative, I, I, like if I'm not interested, I like to make things where I don't know the answer. That's right. That's the only time I'm interested yeah. is when, so it's like the thing. Also, that, if you're afraid, yeah. fear is a good a good thing to feel. Yes. You know that if your gut is saying, I'm afraid of this, Jesus, I'm going to offend someone. Or, and, I'm or by the way, uh, happy to be wrong. Artists, it's not our job to be correct. Right. That's like, the, I think that's the politician's job and the journalist's job. Well, Brenda's last line is, I don't know. And that's the, I mean, the I don't know is I think where, the, where I, I wish people today had, uh, would shut the fuck up and say, I don't know. I do, and by the way, by the way, when someone says that, how would you know? Right. We d- we can't. We don't know where to rely on news. We don't know what the facts are. How would you know? Right. It would be weird if right. you did. But what if everyone started every po- every conversation, went into every day with the humility of just shutting up and listening, and maybe uh, uh, that would be great. And Imagine if we actually learned how to agree to disagree or or respectfully uh, respect another person's opinion. Or can I ask, just as a, a human and as a smart person that I admire, where do you get your news? Like, do you... Well, I have to tell you something. I've responded but with, like, I, I don't even know. What's the big... What's the, uh, what's the diet? What's the diet? I, was, I played tennis with these four, four guys on Sundays, and they were talking about, um, oh, something. What's the big... Uh, the, the, the drug that makes people stop eating. Uh, oh, Zembic. I didn't even know what a Zembic was. And my friends were like, are you, where have you Making been? Making the most, I think, relevant television, you also have to sort of know what's going on and know what is worth covering and what's not and separating the noise from what's actually happening. Um, I, you know, if I really, I'd probably say BBC, mm-hmm. Al, Al Jazeera. Still the New York, I'm still a New York Times guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually lost faith for a bit. Yeah. It's just sort of like, you know what pairs great with the Ukrainian death count? A new recipe for avocado toast. It's like the recipes. I, and I'll tell you, I mean, one thing that actually troubles me a lot is that local news was once upon a time the way we vetted our candidates was yep. the way we and and it's just been gutted by the yep. economic model so i i'm worried that this and, and again it's one of the themes that, that courses through this show yep is that this to me is the accelerant the the the, the thing that is really eroding mm-hmm. democracy right. and thought and and uh and, and uh, you know the, even the idea of a twitter the idea of it is almost insulting like uh, 140 words what can you really say in 140 yep, yep, words yep. unless you're writing a haiku right 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 you know the yeah, rain is falling it is pattering it is nice i saw a hawk i mean oh, that's probably was three syllables too much I yep, mean, that's yep, about yep, as yep. much as you can do yeah well i mean it's sort of part of the de-evolution of we used to be like huh, 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 and then we you know developed our brain and then got elegant and now we're back to like 140 it's like sort of you know the the visual of we evolved to stand up straight and now we're evolving to hunch over again you know yeah, yeah, on yeah. our phones and stuff right. now we're going back to grunting noises and 140 characters and clubbing, is- and clubbing each other over the head with with bones like uh, the opening of 2001 this, I mean it, it, we're, we're, we're kind of there this is something that I think you would appreciate it since you're a, a TV titan you might find it funny that you know uh, networks now the new streaming networks there's a new one there's 2B there's Roku, there's Vudu, Hulu. Like, are you guys, like, literally, it's just a bunch of apes in a meeting, like, Vudu, Hulu, Roku. Like, it's just like, we're just, go- we're moving to sounds, guttural noises. Google. Google. Our actual babies running Hollywood. I'm waiting for Gerard Butler to be on Fallon, being like, my new show is on the Google Network, and tomorrow it airs on Gaga. Like, it's just sounds. Right. 
the first Quibby, dude. Well, you're just like, guys, can we go back to words or? Right. And let me ask Horizon. you. Horizon. I always want to know exactly. I'm missing for IMDb network. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, what's going on in television is just like, you know, it's so well, wild. So also, it's so, it's so fragmented. Man. We could probably get more people with a sandwich board on the corner of Well, that's the thing. And, uh, I mean, doing shows for Amazon. We're basically doing, uh, uh, we're doing television for a grocery store. I mean, it is wild. It really is wild. We are, do, we are and also, fighting. And also what? Yeah, it's true. We're basically window dressing on Saks Fifth Avenue. You know, yeah. It's a loss and leader sh- for Amazon Prime. And what's going to get really interesting is, you know, I think, and, you know, people are like, you know, and I've seen some of your press around doing, you know, a show for Fox. And I'm very proud of doing a show for Fox, uh, you know, and I'm very mindful about, you know, yeah. well, who I work for, why, right. how, aligning with you. But I think it's easy to blame. There's a, a brilliant documentary called Hillbilly on Hulu. Um, which is also where Accused airs afterwards. I would watch that because I think that people just really want to assign blame. It's easy. I mean, let's be, I mean, the hypocrisy within Hollywood, it's like Americans are too smart for this kind of shit. It's also like, you know, Hollywood, you know, having some kind of judgment about the Murdochs or Fox, and then you make a movie called Blonde, uh, making money off of that and humanize, you know what I'm saying? It's like pick a lane. So it's like, to me, it's like, this has been such an exciting project because um, number one, I've heard none of the, I know stuff. I was worried about. As nor have I. This I'm like, has I been was, like I, I, I was my, bracing. I totally was for... too. I buckled my seatbelt and going like, okay, let's see. And, and it, nothing but incredibly I positive know. feedback from critics who are notoriously grouchy. Looking, 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 for it, looking for it. No, I feel the same way. And I was like, wow. I uh, again, it's not over yet. We'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I, can, I cannot wait for this episode. Um, but I think it's just because you came in with the show swinging. This is going to be entertaining. It's going to be provocative, and you showed that people are not scared, and you've showed that I think people want to be entertained. I mean, you know, similarly, when I go around the country and I'm like, can I not make this joke about trans people? Can I not? I make it, and it, people are so grateful. They're grateful to let that to, you're to going just let for it, it and then. not playing it safe. They're like, if we don't like it, we'll let you know. Right. But play just. I, well, I, I, Whitney, I think what you're saying is exactly right. I, I, I've always said, and again, I say it to. Uh, I said the network is. I mean, the, the audience is so smart. They are people are smarter than you think. Trust. They them. want Trust us to be them. brave. They want, they, they want they us do. to go. For it, and yes, people are going to have and feelings. Gonna be that, and again, they're going to be the loud mouths, the people at the yeah. edges who just again use this. But that's thing a to good just, thing. That's a good thing. The sure. more upset people yeah. get, the more you know. Like right. that, I, I don't see controversy as a bad right. thing. Right. You know. Um, last thing, I'm going to ask a couple questions that I always ask people. Then I'm going to let you go because I know how busy you are. Small thing, which is um, as someone that hires many people, who's been a boss for a very long time, do you have any red flags in people? This is a little thing that I like to pass on to the viewers. It can be anything from you know, in, you know, you haven't been in the dating field, but if you're dating someone and they ask you to. Take a, they take a picture of their food on a first date, red flag. In hiring, I find often someone that hasn't played team sports, red flag. Uh, team sports helpful. I, I when I hire, it's always team sports. You uh, work if on someone, a, I'll tell you, I, people who've been waiters is a great, uh, great thing. thing. Great I think, thing. I think that's a great, that's a great thing. But but mostly it's listening. Yeah. It's it's, it's actually um, um, asking good questions. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a question. I mean, there are no. I mean, I would say team sports is a great. Um, like when uh, you thing. hire, is there a question you ask that's kind of like a sneaky cheat to know someone's no, character? No, I just have a conversation. Yeah. I like to find out where people are from. I tend to I tend to discriminate against people who are who, who are privileged. Just <laughs> if you're if you've had a lot, you better be really good 
and you better be really humble. Like I, I, I think it's arrogant. You better have been uh, like cut uh, out of the will. You kind of, you yeah, I pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, I got, I have a real thing. I, mean, I, I, like, I hate my own kids. I mean, I have a really hard time <laughs> with my own kids. Uh, good luck getting a job if you're one of them. But, but, but you know, I really, I, I because you it. want to put them through some almost well, like intentional I, 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 adversity. I had three jobs in high school. I, I sold shoes at Athlete's Foot, which is a terrible name. For, oh my uh, gosh! I mean, you walk around naked, and that I was like, is so funny. Was, I forgot about <laughs> that. that. I had Athlete's Foot when I was a kid. The disease or the or the or the, the, or the store. The, the disease oh, oh. Uh, the, from playing basketball. You just blew my mind because I was. I don't remember what I was. Oh, my last special. I was writing about making the argument that we're uh, safer than we've ever been. The kids are safer than we've ever been, even though the Phones oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Do you remember in shoe stores? Um, Married with Children was one of my favorite shows growing up. But there was a shoe store in um, in DC that had. I guess in the 50s, they had an x-ray machine where you would yes! put your foot in yes! at shoe stores. Yeah, of course. And people that worked at shoe stores got foot cancer because yeah. they would just sit around and do it all day. Yeah, take pictures of their feet. Yeah. It's crazy to think I about. I know, I know. While they were smoking. Crazy. <laughs> and we're like, but you should have almond milk. I mean, just wild. I miss Coke. Coca-Cola. Cola. Well, yes, yes, yes. I, the cocaine. Well, yes. I'll, yeah. I'll let you feel. I've never you done cocaine before. Wow. Never done cocaine, never done Molly, never done heroin, but, and I wanted to in live podcasts, like at 40, do cocaine for the first what time. What mushrooms? I've, you know, we did mushrooms on a live podcast. Oh. They don't do a ton. I think I need to do maybe, I metabolize stuff really fast. I mean, look, everyone in LA is on drugs. Right. Another thing I just learned, one of the, uh, Josh Kushner is starting a health insurance company. It's called yeah. Oscar. This is all true. Because I do these corporate gigs and then I find out all this crazy shit. The Kushners are, and it's, uh, their big thing is $3. See, because, $3 insurance. $3 pills. That's their thing. Their big thing is Oscar insurance, $3 pills. And at this corporate event, he was in it, and I was doing all these roast jokes. And I did, like, guys, $3 pills is not a good idea. $3 pills uh, is why we just lost Anne Heche's perfectly good Mini Cooper. Ooh. <laughs> Too soon, no. <laughs> too late, too soon, <laughs> all of it, you know? So it's like, those are the- There, I said it. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like the most offensive, insane joke you can probably make, but in this time where people are scared to make jokes, it just makes me want to go so much harder. So much harder. Because it's you. like, if comedians are scared, we should all, we're, we gotta be very scared. You well, know? I'm really, I'm, I'm encouraged, by the way, by your, by your intrepidness, if that's a word. It's like our and maybe, king. So, and maybe you need, I mean, there's, how can you do it any other way? It's all you know how to do. But I, I think mean, it's, it's like, like a, but I think our job is to kind of like challenge authority in a good way, not just being like punk brats, but just going like, right. you know, we're the kids in detention just to, just to make sure democracy is still strong and the first amendment is still strong. Like we'll say things we don't even believe, you know, it's right. like right. just to make sure it can still be said, right. you know, right, right. because it's like. You know, when people say you can't say tranny, you're like, okay, but what if the joke is, you know, I used to say tranny, but now I have to say what's this. The, what's the comedy scene in Moscow? <laughs> That's China? a really great question. I don't I mean, <laughs> feel like it's robust. I mean, stand-up comedy is actually uniquely an American invention. Like, yeah. there's the court jester, the tradition of that, in order right. to entertain the but king. But they weren't that funny. Or, no, they just, like, they, they, or they, they, they were they, delivering they, bad news. They were saying, right. like, hey, the death count of the war is this, and trying right. to deliver bad news right. in a silly way with bells. Right, right, but, right. like, stand-up comedy is, you know, in America, an immigrant coping mechanism, you know, that started on the Chitlin circuit in America and uh, in the Catskills of Jews. Right, right, right. We, I mean, yeah, May West, up till, it's only, I mean, stand-up comedy, it's really only 80 years old in America. So it's really not super popular in amazing. other places. It's a form. It's, Incre it's incredible. It's, it's an American amazing. art form, uniquely yeah. American. 
you know? And so, it is robust, isn't it? And I also think everyone should do stand-up comedy at some point because now with everyone's job now, you're going to have to do some kind of public speaking. People are doing their speeches on Zoom. You know, we're moving more into customer services. Things become more automa uh, automated. Like public speaking is something that is, you know, really in terms of the survival of the fittest is people that can, who you can know, present. Because who public can... speaking is, um, they say the uh, primordial reason that everyone's so afraid of it is that uh, like your reptilian brain, you know, 2000. I'm exposing myself. I'm, well, 2000, 5000 years ago, if you were speaking in front of a group, it meant you were defending yourself in front of the tribe, essentially, oh, right. defending right. yourself of saying, I didn't do this, I didn't kill, and then you were going to probably imminently get stoned or killed. So right. the nervousness of you against the tribe, which, by the way, really quick, yeah. can I say, when you walked past my robot, you were not scared. No. Usually I men was... are terrified of it. <laughs> really? Yes. I found her kind of erotic. And you know the biological basis for fear of robots? No is it's called pathogen avoidance because I built this robot for my last special. So I noticed that when guys see a robot, they're like, Bleh! like, Bleh! right. And when a girl sees it, they're like, Oh, cool. That's weird. But so what's pathogen avoidance, pathogen avoidance is how we evolve to recoil at something that looks sick or dead yeah, yeah. so that a man won't oh, have so, sex oh, with it. Fantastic. Because if something looks human, but doesn't quite move like a human, are you telling me I'd be comfortable having sex with the dead thing? I just, feel I, I don't know what you're saying. No, I uh, just, uh, it, that would mean, I guess your ancestors didn't, did, did didn't <laughs> fuck corpses. And I think you should be proud of that. You know, they fucked robots. They fucked. They did. But <laughs> I, hey, I loved Ex Machina, one of my favorite movies. Uh, br so brilliant. So good. And another thing, I was just reading about how um, the deeper set our eyes are, the more our ancestors were punched in the face. Really? So based on how... Oh, because they were like... Uh, yeah. Because uh, that protected you from... Yeah. So the deeper set your eyes are, the more your ancestors were punks that were asking for it. Wow. And you didn't recoil at the robot. Your eyes look like they're, you know, not too deep set. It right. seems like your ancestors are they right with hit God. a little, but we did a little yes. hitting. We did a little bit of... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last, last thing, just because of um, who you are, and I just want um, your insight on this, uh, especially with the first episode back with the Chickless episode uh, addressing, you know, school shooters and just going for the most the scariest topic as a father what are the things that you are the most worried about with this next generation hmm. you said phones well i'm things that as, a, as an be, alarm sounder like the, the show look, like it's the job of young people to be hopeful and i think that i grew up in a world where even though i had my trauma and you had yours i think both of us recognized that we were in a world where things seemed to be trending and the, the, the hope felt a little more abundant mm -hmm. out there like um we were um and now i just think there's a lot of uh, i think all the assumptions of our world all the, the world order i think again civility I, the lack of kindness the lack mm -hmm. of of uh, of um I mean, the fact that Tip O'Neill and Robert and, you know, and, and, and Teddy Kennedy could bunk together, uh, you know, again, the idea now that, that people from, you know, both sides of the aisle are trying to kill each other. Um, and that's a political thing, but I think it's a symptom of But was it not always like that? It, you know, it, it probably was more like it than, 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 uh, than um, uh, I care to admit. But I'm trying to think what's the big thing that Because it's also like me. my thing is I always wonder if things have always been the same. They just look different or things have always been like this. We just never had proof of it. So it's like cancer. Like cancer's at an all-time high. It's like, well, well 100 years just, ago, like, well, we had also, no way to diagnose it. it and, so and, we and, don't and know. And it's very hard to be this meat puppet looking at the universe and trying to like really offer anything other than anecdotal or feeling. I, said a I can't separate is it a time of life is it because I'm a 61-year-old male uh, who's losing his memory very quickly. <laughs> Um, um, you know, whose joints hurt and who is feeling a little out of step with the world. What's encouraging is I meet young people and they're tuned to a frequency 
that I that I am not tuned to. So well, they're I, on Adderall. They're on Adderall. <laughs> yes, they are. But but they're but uh, but there's some remarkable. Um, so I'm 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 such a hopeful person, and mm. I'm just reflecting my own s- slight hopelessness sometimes, which I've never felt before in a way that I feel now. But I think it also is hard as as, as I get older too. Is like when watching the pandemic of people going like, well, these kids are in the masks, and this is so bad for them, and they need to go out and play and socialize, and they shouldn't be in masks. And you're like. Yeah, we want every generation that after us to have the childhood we had, but they might be preparing for the world they're well, going to live so, in. And I think that's right. I think that's so it's it. so, hard so to go like it, 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 you can't apply again. Once again, you can't. Maybe uh, they should get used to wearing masks. Maybe what, they what, should. what did I say? Past performance doesn't doesn't uh, guarantee future um, in a financial document. You know, past performance, performance doesn't guarantee doesn't. future results or something. Right, right. Yeah, my business manager says that, and I'm right. I don't. I'm I don't read my own I'm contracts. I'm stolen or, from. Uh, yeah. That's what that's what someone says when they're stealing from you. Past performance does that's not. Right. You should have read. Uh, it I'm was just here. saying. I, 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 I told what I say. It's like I never got past. Like I, I couldn't read my own contracts. I get, I get like I get so bored. Don't you like? Oh my so, God. It's like I've never got. I'd I, rather you steal from me than me have to read this document. I feel the same like, way. Really? Because you're stealing I, my I time. Either way. way, I'd rather you steal my money than my time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm there too. And then, um, uh, last, last thing. What do you worry about? What do I worry about? I'm actually way less worried than most people because I think that. You've seen that and I'm really happy to see that. Because I believe in like survival of the fittest. This always happens, you know, people like kids with it, people have anxiety disorders. We're supposed to be anxious. We're designed to be anxious. I think it's survival of the most anxious. It'd be weird if people weren't anxious. You know, I think I'm more worried about our uh, mass reliance on big pharma to solve emotional problems when we should just be developing the tolerance for discomfort. I think that uh, everyone, uh, you know, not everyone, but parents, you know, I'm going to say over coddling their kid is really well, concerns you, me. I, that concerns me too. The kids that I see that are struggling the most are the ones that had the least amount of adversity. But you can't intentionally inflict adversity on your kid. I or had a trauma. Tremend- but 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 how do we? But I guess for me, I I am grateful for my own trauma. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Sonia about. I this call too. it trauma privilege. It is. It's like weird because it is who you are, yep. and like you'd have to really like have to. There's Cut a resilience. There's, um, a, I mean, look, you also have to, you know, I've been in 10 years of a 12-step program called ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, you know, which is, you know, not uh, grappling with substance abuse, but grappling with the effects of growing uh, up around alcoholism, right, which right. is the, you know, perfectionism, addiction, control addiction, workaholism, you know, uh, defining yourself through your productivity, that sort of. Well, over- that, well and, that's a, and that's a great question, too, because I, I was just a believer in work till you. I, you know, if you don't come in on Sunday, don't bother coming in Monday. I just, I, I, I was that person. It was punishing. It was really punishing. I know that, it, but it was all I knew. All but I, knew. I also enjoy at work. You know, I, I think know, I when, too. when people uh, over pathologize me, we're like, you work too much and da da da. I'm like, you work too little. I also love what I do. Most people don't get to love what they do. So I true. think that, like, you know, love what you do, you won't work a day in your life kind of thing. Yeah. So I like, you know, it's tricky because with my workaholism, which by the way, I did go to a Workaholics Anonymous meeting once. And this was when I had two shows on the air. You know, you know, it's like, you can't not be a workaholic when you're running shows. You are working 24-7. No, but, but the moment happens when the machine does break. I mean, I was under, you know, the reason I fell in love with Spain is because I just, or went to Spain is because I was under the table rocking, doing four shows at the same time Oof. and just going, I can't, you know, do it. And, and someone who's prone to sort of be moth to the flame has to monitor it somewhat. So I do admire the, these this generation, which seems um, to recognize there are, I don't know. They'll figure it out. But you basically kind of hit a point where you said, "I need to I just spend need to, more time. Spend time in Europe." With, well, I had to be it? out of the time zone. I like. I, I literally it had to be as prosaic as just being 
where everybody who could bother you was asleep. That's when I went to the Maldives, which I was really reluctant to go. I was in post-production on a movie editing. I went, and it was the most relaxing thing ever because when I was awake, everyone else was asleep, and I went, you have to just get off the time zone. It, it, the time zone's everything. This is why I get most is. work done. I, if I really need to work on like a new special or work or study, like when I was studying the Brenda stuff to try to get in, what I would do? start at midnight. Oh, and work fast. till four in the morning wow. because everyone else was asleep and it's the only time I could have a singular focus at night. Even if you're not on your phone, you're thinking, ugh, in an hour when I check my phone, I'm going to have 50 messages. Like right. it's it's taking up no, bandwidth 100%. even when... Yep, yep. And used to be planes, but now freaking the dorks that put Wi-Fi on planes, you losers. I know. I, and you know when ugh. I just, I was walking endlessly, it was like really like the opening scene in Severance, like through the airport. Like you have to walk about six or seven miles to get to the street. It's I was in a, I was in because they were doing construction, but I passed a Wi-Fi. You know how long Wi-Fi has been on planes? How long how has long it been? It's been? Yeah. Well, Louis C.K. had that brilliant joke now. about it. It's fifteen like, years. It's been like it's been like two thousand. But it's worked for about six months. <laughs> it's <laughs> been on. I still, mine still. I just still can't get on. Yeah. Well, it's fine, but, do you ever watch it? Like it's, it just goes like this far, and it never goes further. I the do. loading zone. It's the tricky thing. because in the, well, you spend the first hour of the flight getting on Wi-Fi. And then you start landing. You're How like, many times I... have you looked at that circle? Like, I want to know. The why spinny can't we wheel of death. The spinning wheel. Like, spinny wheel of death. It's a commercial. It really is a, what is the, um, it's the Skinner, what's the, the Skinner, Skinner box? box. Like, yeah. that's what it feels like at this point. You're like, I don't yeah. even know what I'm doing this <laughs> for. Um, but I also, Louis C.K., I had that brilliant, incredibly incisive uh, uh, joke 15 years ago. I think he did it on Conan about when uh, Wi-Fi first started uh, being on planes. Uh, uh, they were like, Wi-Fi's on planes. And I was like, oh my God, there's Wi-Fi. And someone logged in. And then, like, five minutes later, cut off. And the guy went, oh, this is bullshit. It was like, a miracle happened. And then within five minutes, oh, we're you, so, you were so entitled that right, it was right. taken away he from goes, you. He goes, do you realize we are flying at 30,000 yeah, 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 yeah. above? Yeah, a, a chair in the sky. Brilliant. Last, last, the same way I like to ask chefs where they eat. Where do great, uh, I would love to know how uh, great entertainers are entertained. What do you watch? Do you wa Have you watched anything recently that you loved? I'm, re I'm actually watching... Uh, Better Call Saul for the first time, and I, in fact, I was on a plane Ray watching, uh, and I, and I, and Vince is someone, an, an old friend, and I've known him for a long time, and I, I landed and texted him, and I said, I'm burning my Writer's Guild card, because it was so shorthanded, it was so good. Um, I'm, I, I'm actually not a consumer. It's, it, I either get angry, it's so hard. I get it's angry so or jealous. So me too. Nothing good happens. Me too. People won't even watch TV with me because I'm like, that's ADR. That was loop. Ugh. I auditioned for that. I should have done that. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like, it's so. But there are certain times where I can be entertained well, by I, something. I was, I was entertained by by a palm tree in swing in the wind. I was sitting on my de on my patio and watching this palm tree. And my my son came up. 18. He goes, what are you doing? So I'm you are on mushrooms. Tree. I am on mushrooms. I was smoking a cigar and I was watching. He goes, what are you doing? I'm just watching that palm tree. He goes, well, how long have you been doing it? I said, about 20 minutes. And he go, and, and he just shook his head and walked away. But that was entertaining to me. I don't know. That was the a rhythm I could never, right, I could right, never right. have had before. The um, Because you didn't have to deal with giving uh, notes oh, to art. an actor. I, okay, I'm, I'm actually a uh, visual art. is for the first time in my life I've had the the composure to really appreciate visual art, things that words don't do the, do sure, the trick. Sure, sure. Words get in the way of communication, um, I think, at this point. I will say one thing, my favorite show on TV is Apple Screensavers. Oh, fantastic. Oh, the jellyfish. Yes. You're just watching oh, the jellyfish yeah. go. And you go, are they real? Oh, or are those God. The aerial, just watching the algae. I think it is. I mean, we'll see. That's where we're in the, we're in the Jean Baudrillard, my favorite philosopher. We're in this, like, Who? the sim oh, oh. Jean Baudrillard, the simulacra oh. of, like, you know, now when we look at something incredible, we assume it's fake. And what's it called? The uh, what's it called? The robot? The um, oh god, with um, 
Uncanny Valley? Uncanny Valley. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you look at something, it's like the idea of of that we actually prefer the artifice to the real, i.e., you know, the Paris Las Vegas, like the Eiffel Tower Las Vegas, we prefer to the actual Eiffel right, Tower. Like right. we prefer runts to actual fruit at this point. So it's right. sort of like, do we even care if it's real or not? <laughs> Fake tits, whatever. You know, it's like right, same, right, same. Right. But the uh, watching the Apple screensavers, I sort of am, I decide they're real because that's my hopeful yeah. Match it. I would. Yeah. Ra- I want this to be real. Yeah. But they probably do go in and clean it up. I don't know. I'm going back and reading the old stuff and turning. And like, it's wonderful to sort of actually read the things I was supposed to read that you pretended that I never, to read. I pretended to read or read the first notes. ten pages of. And now reading it is actually a Some real of pleasure. The cl- I also like. It's kind of fascinating to go through like the art. This was I did a pilot um, at Amazon with Lee Daniels about this and about a college campus ombudsman's office and how the college students were trying to like cancel. Uh, like Rembrandt was a you know he oh, a rapist cool. and he painted these naked women and it was male gaze and like when do you can you separate the art and the artist? I believe artists should be perverts. They should be sickos. Neil Butte is hands down my favorite uh, playwright of all time and then when people like he made us uncomfortable in acting class I'm like yeah no his plays make me uncomfortable when I'm reading them alone in my house (laughs) you know what I mean so it's like I think that we're at this time where artists like you know it's our job to be dangerous but we can't be a danger to the people we work with. So how do we protect ourselves and each other so we can still, you know, uh, be doing things that are dangerous and feel real um, without hurting people or getting well, you, sued? You, you, just, you, just, you answered my question, the question you asked me, and that's the question I worry about, which is that uh, is that that very thing, the sort of entitlement. Because if people like you stop to, being brave, we're in trouble. Well, it's getting harder and harder. Is is the truth? I think now. At the same time, I appreciate that being poked and prodded and challenged. And I think there are a lot of things to question about our past. And then I would say, just put it in the show. So what I do is when I get when I get when I have someone say you can't say Merry Christmas, I got in trouble on the set of Roseanne saying Merry Christmas. I just go great. Yeah. I'm gonna write a joke about it. Right. I'm gonna go on Leno right. or right. Fallon and talk about it because there's everyone has right. in their workplace a version of this, even though if they're not you know uh, running the show Roseanne at Chipotle wherever they work, they've had a situation where they said nice shirt and got in trouble. Like right. everyone can relate. No, yeah, absolutely. And we're a little bit uh, we're I'm, you know, we're a little bit um, shell shocked. Yeah. I am, and I appreciate again. No, your, I remember your, um, we. I was. Uh, and I hope that, that you don't feel called out when we were in um, we were both kind of zombies in uh, New York when we were doing like Fox was that was technically upfronts kind yeah, of yeah yeah we some, were doing, uh, was, yeah and it was kind of like the first time you and I had really like met in person and this has happened a lot where we were on the press line like posing and you were behind me and I put my hand like behind you and you put your hand behind me and I kind of I, hovered my hand behind you, and you. we both hovered our hands. And then we grabbed. It was just like this weird moment where no. I was like, you can touch my back. Like, it was just like this I, awkward I, moment where we were both afraid to touch each other's lower back in a photo. You grabbed I, well, then I just and then go, you made me feel like that was better. I'm like, because then I just go like, do you guys think I have time to sue any of you? I'm a, I'm a female comic. Like, get, have, hugging someone in Upfronts doesn't break my top 99 uh, awkward things yes, with men. Yeah, yeah, in this business. I'm going to give you one little present. This is for you, from me. Oh um, thank this you for so... believing in me. Thank you for um, having me on a brilliant, brilliant show. I'm so honored um, that you took a chance on me. Thank you. Wait, you know what a pleasure. Pull it out. Can, I, can you tell me? That is Brenda's necklace she wore. Oh, man. In the show. One of the many. One of the many. Wow. I didn't give you, we had, we had a choker on her because the thing is with chokers is that sends a message to men like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's, this is, now, now it's my halo. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for coming. I end these very awkwardly accused. Um, Absolutely brilliant show. And what I will say is the roughest, toughest, hardest to crack guys I know are watching the show and calling me and saying this totally brought me to tears. This, This totally changed the way I see this. Like people are saying this like totally changed the way I think about this. And I think that is like the greatest testament, um, to a great piece of art, especially, uh, this day and age where it's so hard to change people's minds. Yes. Or open them. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Love you. Don't ride elephants, guys. Goodbye. Thank you. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.